Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Chuck Lawless. And I'm Caleb Iverson. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Dr. Lawless, i got a question for you as we uh, segue into this podcast episode. Uh, Today we want to talk about illustrations in preaching. Um, One of those questions was, was there a powerful illustration that you've heard in a sermon over the years that's just stuck with you? Is there one that's just still sticking with you today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it it actually comes from one of our previous podcast guests, Tom Eliff. Our guest today, Dr. Pace, Scott Pace, knows Tom Mm -hmm. as well. I was a young pastor at a Bailey Smith evangelism conference. I believe that was the was the setting, or it might have been the the Jacksonville Pastors Conference. But but Tom used an illustration of a father whose son had died in an automobile accident, and the father went to basically the intersection where that had happened, and and his son's blood was still on the street, and the the father. Uh, was just beside himself and got out and started hollering at the people. I'm 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 trying to remember this the best way I can, but uh, he started hollering to the people, "You can't just drive through my son's blood. Hmm. You can't just drive through his blood." And Tom used that to say, "Sometimes that's what we do as believers. We we just we just drive through the blood as if it doesn't matter, wow. meaning the the hmm. blood of Christ." And so. I actually mentioned that to Tom probably six months ago, and and he knew exactly where it was when he said it, and he remembered the the detail. And mm. So that's I've never forgotten. That's been decades ago. Well, we are going to talk about sermon illustration today, and I'm excited to have my boss here with us again, Dr. Scott Pace, the provost here at at Southeastern. And Dr. Pace, tell us about tell us first of all about your love for preaching. Let's let's just start there. Yeah, man, it's one of those things, obviously, uh, you know, that, that God uses as part of your calling. Uh, I do believe people are called to preach. It corresponds with the gift of preaching, uh, but there's also a deep passion to communicate the truth of God's Word that you can't get away from. And so even as you know, uh, Trelawless, uh, with our responsibilities here, man, people are like, hey, wow, you're mm-hmm. so busy, you know, preaching at churches and doing interims and various things. It's like, man, that's life-giving. That's That's, right. that's what nourishes yeah. our souls. So, yeah, I uh, love preaching and the conversations about it and, and obviously even all the homiletical elements uh, to it as well that kind of make it a craft, mm-hmm. you know, as much as an art, you know, and a craft. Now, I talked to one of our graduates just, just before I came here to record this podcast. He's on staff at a church in, in Georgia uh, serving in a, in a staff position but the desire to shepherd people from the from the pulpit mm. has become much more mm. a part of his heart. And so trying to figure out how does he balance that in a position where he's not the lead guy, he's not even a, a pastor yet and in that church. Right. But uh I think that bug has bitten him and once it does, <laughs> it's it's intense. Yep. Well, we're talking about sermon illustrations today. And so talk to us about uh what is an illustration and what are the purposes of illustrating a sermon? Yeah, it's, it's funny because sometimes uh, different people have different opinions on illustrations. They have an extreme view of like, man, you're you're wasting time or you're just trying to entertain. But illustrations really are helpful. And, you know, historically, they've kind of been referred to as windows mm-hmm. that shed light onto the text 
of the sermon, give people insight into it. I think that's a good illustration of what an mm-hmm. illustration is meant to do uh, type of thing. Yeah. So why do them? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few different reasons I think that we can think of. We have to always remember and kind of ground it in the fact that textual exposition is our ultimate aim. That's right. Our aim is to explain and expose the truth of God's Word in the text. And so illustrations are serving that ultimate goal. They're not a, an end into themselves. And so what are they doing to try to, to illustrate? I think there's probably four different ways or purposes that you can say uh, illustrations serve. I think one is clarification. Right, uh, scriptural truth is is spiritual truth, and uh, it can often be difficult for our natural minds to kind of comprehend. Uh, but illustrations help us kind of explain the biblical term uh, text in terms that are familiar and uh, understandable. So we're communicating eternal concepts with kind of earthly counterparts, mm. and I think clarification is a big part of what we do. Of course, scripture does this. I don't think it's unprecedented. I think we learn. Uh, from the model that Scripture provides, uh, that theological truth, even though it's often abstract, there's some concrete examples. Uh, So, you know, thinking of God's vigilant care and uh, loving guidance is depicted through the metaphor of a shepherd, Uh, what that looks like, what that means, other attributes, uh, you know, describe him as a rock, a fortress, Mm -hmm. a shield, a horn of our salvation, a stronghold, all of these types of things give clarification. There's a natural counterpart that we understand and say, okay, I know what it's meant by that. Now, we have to be careful that you don't have the error of totality transfer, right? God mm-hmm. is not heavy like a rock, but he's mm-hmm. strong like a rock. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that it's not meant to carry all of the illustration forward into it. But clarification is a big part of it. I think that's the first one. Visualization is another uh, purpose that they serve, uh, right? It, it, it actually teaches our people how to view our world from God's perspective, so if we use real-life examples, familiar parallels, our people can be trained to see everyday life through the spiritual lens, lenses that are, are shaped by, by scriptural uh, truth. So that's, that's some of the goal is to, to provide some visualization and help them see it. Uh, application. This is often an overlooked part of it, but illustrations also serve a, a role of application. They're not just clarifying biblical truth. They're providing practical instruction of how that truth can be applied. So real-life scenarios um, kind of often offer our listeners um, examples of what obedience looks like if we were to apply this textual truth and implement it into our way. Um, you know, we can do that in different arenas of life. But applicational illustrations uh, serve, you know, a big purpose of illustration. And the last one, and then we can kind of digest some of these if you want to, is stimulation. Now, this is where people kind of want to avoid it and get in trouble. Listen, our goal is not to entertain our listeners, but we do have the responsibility to engage our listeners. Mm. So we're not doing illustrations just to kind of uh, entertain or make things funny or to provide some sort of light or sense of humor, but we'd be naive to think that the spiritual nature of our task eliminates the need for effective communication. And some of that, like we focus on the rate of our speech, voice inflection, some of those types of communication elements, I think those dynamics are also parallel with communication. Some of that will help them catch their mental breath if we're talking through a really heavy um, subject, whether that's theological or you know maybe a spiritual by way of grief. Or uh, so illustrations can kind of serve a purpose of, of stimulation or kind of hey reengage them. They're not bored and listening. So stimulation, application, visualization, clarification. Those are the four main purposes I think illustrations serve. Southeastern exists to help people like you serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission in all of life. 
Are you interested in learning more about what Southeastern has to offer? Join us for Preview Day, where you will meet professors and current students, tour our beautiful campus, and experience what it could look like for you to prepare for ministry in our Great Commission community. To learn more and register, check out sebts.edu slash visit. Yeah, I like particularly the, the illustration helps us to see the truth. Mm. It helps us to to not just hear it, right. but to, but to see it fleshed out a little bit. And I think even missiologically about how many people around the world, by far the vast majority of people in the world, are oral learners. Mm-hmm. Uh, by some estimates, eighty percent of the of the world prefers to learn by oral presentation. They listen, they see as they hear, uh, and it is the story that that draws them back in. Even even in preaching, you know this, I, I've experienced this, sometimes our folks, particularly as they have phones, they have everything else to do while we're preaching, uh, <laughs> it feels like sometimes we may lose them, but you start to tell a story, yep, mm-hmm. and it draws their attention again. They sit up, they, they look at you, there's just something powerful about that. That's that stimulation engagement part. In fact, I tell preachers, uh, you know, young preachers in, in class all the time, if you feel like or sense you're losing the audience, Stop and, and give an illustration. Tell some sort of story or relate it to their life. It could be applicational, but give an illustration because exactly what you just described. People will perk up and listen, and now you've got them reengaged. And again, the goal is to point them back to the text, but that, that helps to do that. Yeah, let me chase that just a minute. So yeah. if, if, I, if I heard you correctly, you're, you're in essence saying have that illustration in your pocket <laughs> if you need it. Right. It may well, not be pre- prepared in your manuscript, but you got to have it there. Uh, you got to be thinking that way okay. because, okay. listen, the, the congregation, you're in a conversation, right? It's a, maybe it's one way in, in a sense of you're the one talking, but they're, they're also talking back in nonverbals. And they're either bored or confused, or, okay. and you can sense and read, do I need to clarify this? Do I need to engage them with something that kind of spices it up? Or do I need them help to see what it, how this applies? Those are all the purpose of illustration. So if you don't have one in your pocket, you need to come up with something that will okay. kind of engage okay. helping them engage. Okay, it's interesting because that, that means preparation goes beyond if you're a manuscript yes. uh, preacher. It means you've got something beyond the manuscript mm-hmm. or you have a side note somewhere <laughs> that you can turn to if, if you need to do so. I, I, I like that thinking. You pick on me a lot of times for, for speaking in metaphors, but this is where it comes from. You, th- you begin to condition yourself to think that way. And so sometimes in the pulpit, it comes in really handy uh, for, for that to be uh, something you can rely on or, or you know, kind of go to. Yeah, I don't pick on you. I, you impress me. <laughs> it's just, they're just right there. They're just right there. They just, they just roll off your tongue. And so I'm sure we'll hear some of those in, in, this, in this podcast. Well, are there, are there types of illustrations? Yeah, I think there are. I think um, you look in Scripture, there's a lot of different types. Most of the time, people hear the word illustration, and they automatically think story. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the one you shared mm-hmm. at the beginning yeah, is an yeah, example. That's right. And that's that's one type, but it's not the only type. And so some of that, just if you chase that a little bit, is why some people a- avoid illustrations, because they think, man, I've got to find a story or come up with a story, and it's going to eat a lot of time, uh, which we can talk about some of the pitfalls uh, in a minute. But that, that's the one reason why people avoid it. But that's not the only type of illustration. That's just one type. Um, could we just use a, a case study, if you will, of the greatest sermon ever preached by mm. the greatest preacher that ever lived? Look at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. I think there's four different types of illustrations he uses that model for us, okay, here's some categories. If you're going to develop these, uh, here's what they could look like. I think of imagery or analogy, uh, some of what we were just talking about by way of uh, metaphor, 
or, or that type of thing. Word pictures, natural analogies, they're just real and concrete examples. Uh, when you think about the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus described us as salt and light. That, that's clearly kind of this metaphor, this imagery, analogy. It was meant to communicate something. Uh, he also describes when it talks about, the, the, he talked about Matthew 6, the riches in heaven that can't be consumed by moth and rust or thieves. That's an mm. earthly kind of category or description there of something that spiritually is impossible. But he's making a point with something that makes sense to his listeners. You think, think of the sawdust in your eye uh, mm. or in the other person's mm. eye and the plank in your own in Matthew 7. Uh, or even in that same passage, the pearls before swan. He's using metaphors and imagery and analogy there. Prayer as seeking or knocking. Mm-hmm. This is all metaphorical or analogous type language. And I think that t- shows us um, that same type of understanding that as we're describing the father who loves us and cares, up, cares for us, is he going to give him a stone instead of bread? Mm-hmm. Is he going to give him a sta- snake instead of fish? He's using that all the time. And so that's one example of type that Jesus uses. I think another one that, again, comes with its own caution, and all, all, we always have to uh, consider these, are object lessons or visual aids. Uh, object lessons, for instance, in Matthew 6, he, I, I think when Jesus says, look at the birds of the air you know, and the lilies of the field, I think he's mm-hmm. pointing to the ones that are actually there. Uh, as preachers, we can use visual aids, carry them into pulpits, or in this day and age, just digital. You can put something on the screen or these type of things. We have to be careful that those don't overshadow mm-hmm. the message, but they can give a, a visual, obvious object lesson that, that kind of communicates, again, the textual truth of the passage. I think a, a third uh, type of illustration he uses are examples or application. We talked about that's some of the goal of application, but when you think of how he starts um, kind of the second half of chapter five. Here's six case studies of scripture. And I'm going to give you, hey, I'm going to tell you, it's not just murder, right? Don't be Mm -hmm. angry in your heart. So if you're at the altar and presenting your gift and realize that someone has something against you, go make that right. Mm -hmm. He's describing an applicational example of the truth he's trying to articulate and explain. And I think that's an illustration. It's an applicational illustration. And then lastly, the more common one, the stories or parables. He actually concludes it with the two builders, right? So he tells a story, a hypothetical, a parable, to give an understanding of an application of if you listen and obey my words, you're mm. like this guy who built his house on the rock. So those are the four kind of categories, if you will. And I think Jesus used all four of those even in one simple sermon. And you can expand that to his teaching and see them mm. used all over the place. You know, for what it's worth, your your last illustration mm-hmm. of the, the wise builder building on the rock. Right. Uh, I'm afraid you're taking me in my head to <laughs> bus ministry of the 70s. Okay. And we sang the little chorus, the wise man built his house upon the rock. And Are you going to sing that no, for I'm us? I'm not. I knew, what, I knew as soon as I started saying that you were going to ask. But no, I will be rattling in my head now, I'm sure. Well, y- you mentioned pitfalls. Yeah. You you teach preaching. You've, you've been a preacher for a long time. Uh, talk to us about how we how we mess this up sometimes. Man, it's it's easy to do. I think we all have been guilty of it and can be guilty of it. Uh, I would say first and foremost, don't overuse illustrations. Uh, we do have that consideration of the fact that here's the reality: we we're called to be good stewards of our time. And if you just had a typical thirty minute roughly sermon and had an opening illustration, a, a concluding illustration, and we'll just assume it's a Baptist three points in a poem type of thing, and had uh, an illustration for each point, you've got five illustrations there. Um, and that, that can, if, mm. if they're two minutes apiece, a third of your sermon is now illustration. 
we, that's a conservative estimate uh, for those types of illustrations. But I think we have to be careful. That's not a good steward of our time. It's also not good stewards of, of our task. As preachers, we're called to proclaim the word, not a story or to clarify. And as helpful as they are, it's not the primary goal. Remember, that goes back to the beginning of what we said, because we're ultimately not just stewards of the time and, and of our task. We're stewards of the text. And we want to steward the text well, that the text would speak so that God will speak. So one, one pitfall to avoid it has to be don't overuse illustrations. And that's where metaphors and analogies, for me, in my preaching, if someone said, how's your preaching changed more than anything else in the last you know, five years? It would be how I illustrate. Hmm. Um, and I use a lot more imagery and metaphor and analogy. I think they communicate better, but they're, they're far shorter. They're, they're quick. They're succinct. They okay. make the point. You keep going. And they don't serve as a distraction. Um, sometimes you are able to remember the point of the illustration that Dr. Elif shared, but sometimes people can remember the story and can't remember the point. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the illustration has overshadowed the truth, which is something you, you have to avoid. So I think how I use illustrations and not overusing them um, is an important thing that we have to avoid. There's a couple other uh, errors, too. I, I would say don't use overused illustrations. And if, if you have to say, you've heard me say this before, or I'm going to tell a story I've already said, or you find a story on the internet that, that everybody has read or heard, that's not actually uh, helping you. People tune you out rather than mm-hmm. tuning in. And I think you have to be careful that you don't overuse illustrations or use overused illustrations. Here's the last pitfall I'll say. Don't overuse Y-O-U, overuse illustrations. Mm. Don't always make them about yourself. Mm. In our effort to be transparent, it's really helpful. Uh, we're vulnerable. Our people, it builds trust. There's a lot of benefit to that. But if you always make the illustration about yourself, uh, you'll either be guilty of making yourself the hero of every story or demonstrating that, man, you're not worth following by way of leadership because you ain't got a handle on this any better than I do. Like, <laughs> type of thing. But I think people can become you know, numb to the fact of this is another example of my family or my story or my example or those types of things. So those are the three categories, if you will, of pitfalls. Yeah, let, let's uh, let's pursue that last part a little bit. I wrote, yeah. I wrote a little ebook for Church Answers on the use of personal illustrations. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of my illustrations are, are personal, and, and I think there are the reasons for that. Uh, when do you do that? Mm. How often do you recommend that? Talk talk to us some more about that. Yeah, because there are some pitfalls embedded in that, right? Uh, I think I mentioned making yourself the hero of every story. Mm-hmm. That's something you want to avoid. Uh, making yourself look like a, a you know a, a buffoon or <laughs> I can use that. I don't know why that word just came to mind, but no, that's good. <laughs> but make yourself like like you you want to be transparent, but you you can't do that. I'd also say, especially when it comes to preaching and pastoral ministry. You want to be careful that you don't include your family in a way that they're not mm-hmm. sensitive to mm-hmm. or aware of what you might be doing. Uh, you don't want to speak of your children in a way that would somehow demean them or put them on the spot. The spotlight's already bright enough on your spouse. Man, you don't want to call unnecessary attention to them. And sometimes you're sharing it about yourself, but it sheds light into your family or personal life that you just you just need to be sensitive to uh, how that impacts and how that's heard by your spouse, your your children, and maybe how that'll cause them to be viewed. And so that's that's some other elements of maybe just being cautious when it comes to the personalized elements. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. Uh, one of the reasons personal illustrations help me is because it's my story. Right. It's easier for me to tell. 
100%. And I can maintain eye contact with my audience. Now, you said something that I would like to assume, and I'm going to echo this to say, man, to amen it, to say this this should be the case. I can't tell you how many times I watch sermons, listen to sermons, or, or have a student preaching sermons, and it's a personal illustration, and they're reading it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, your yeah. story. Yeah. Tell yeah. it. One of the most effective things about telling illustrations is that you do, sometimes even with nonverbals, step around the pulpit, step to mm-hmm. the side, mm-hmm. remove whatever f- visual barriers are there, and now all of a sudden you're engaging on the next level uh, with your, your congregation or listeners. And I think when you tell personal illustrations, that's a big reason why you can do that is because – you are just being personal. Mm-hmm. But if if you're stuck to a manuscript to, to describe your personal illustration, that it loses <laughs> its effect really quick. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> well, beyond personal illustrations, talk to young pastors listening to us today. Mm-hmm. Where else do you look for illustrations? Man, in life, you know, uh, I think it's the best way. You can find certain websites. Uh, I think you have to take note if you're watching something or see something on the Internet, if you're reading uh, something Make notes, catalog things as best you can. I think that's helpful. If you're marinating in the text all week of the sermon you're going to preach, uh, you won't be short on illustrations if you're just thinking about it through life. You're going to be filtering it through. Oh, you know what? This would be a good example of what I'm trying to explain on Sunday you know, or Wednesday, mm-hmm. whenever mm-hmm. it may be. Uh, and so I think you just have to look through uh, the lens, that, that you know, spiritual lens that, that God wants us to view life through and see those parallels that are there. That's the most, that's the best kind of um, resource that will never be exhausted. But you can find some that are helpful on certain websites that are sermons. I'm not opposed to using illustrations that others use, you know, in their sermons. I don't think that's plagiarizing, unless it's a personal story. Don't tell mm-hmm. someone else's personal story mm-hmm. like it's yours. Uh, but if they use the illustration, just acknowledging, hey, I heard a preacher one time t- tell this story or what have you. And then I'm not the best at this. I've got a few that I've, I've come up with through the years. But using your imagination, I've got a, a story mm-hmm. that, that I'll start a sermon with and and it's, I just made it up. You know, I just I just came up with it. I'm just going to come up with that story. And people are like, did that really happen? No, it didn't. But, <laughs> uh, but it was a story that served the purpose. I wouldn't present it as fact when it's, when it's not. Uh, but it, it makes people curious, uh, that type of thing. So your imagination can be helpful. It's good. I, I would go back to what you said about marinating in the text, mm-hmm. which, which assumes that as you're watching for illustrations over the course of a week in preparation for preaching— you got to be in the text earlier than Saturday. That's exactly right. And uh, here's the other maybe best resource for illustrations, biblical illustrations. Mm. If you have an Old Testament narrative or a story or an example, um, you know, that, that serves the purpose of an illustration, use that. It doubles down the, the educational purpose of, of equipping your people to know the Bible. You can't assume, especially if it's more an obscure passage, that they're going to immediately recognize that. But if it's familiar, man, connecting dots within the scriptures, within the text, uh, the broader biblical text, I mean, uh, can be really helpful. And it's, it serves our purpose, right, in, in preaching that we're, we're helping educate them more broadly speaking. Uh, so anytime you can use a biblical illustration, I think it's also helpful. I gave you permission to <laughs> introduce us to one of your books that okay. you, you think is important for uh, preachers to have in their library. Uh, well, I appreciate that. I think if related to this topic, 
uh, Preaching by the Book. Okay. Uh, it was put out by B&H uh, a couple years ago, and um, we, I include in there a chapter on illustrations that covers this. Uh, it's a basic how-to primer on, on sermon development, but it includes some really important aspects like introductions, invitations, and illustrations. That, those are all in there, and so I hope it would be helpful. It's uh, accessible. It's not written in a super technical level. Uh, it's actually something that I encourage especially that would be relevant for, for this podcast and the goal we have, that if pastors are helping mentor young pastors, mm. it'd be a great primer to say, hey, let's walk through how to build a sermon, and let's just walk through this uh, book you know, chapter by chapter. It'd be, it'd be on that level. Preaching by the book. Preaching by the book. All right, all right. You are joining us for our Christ-Centered Exposition workshop in, in April, and you're going to talk about illustrating the Gospel of John. Yeah. So we're excited <laughs> to hear about that. Caleb, tell us more about the CCE workshop. Yeah, listeners, as a reminder, our Christ-Centered Exposition workshop is going to be on April 11th. Uh, for $25, you really can't get a better deal. Um, you'll get lunch. You'll get to come and hear um, from plenty of speakers, including Dr. Pace, about the Gospel of John, how to preach through it. Um, you'll get your own copy of Exalting Jesus and John. You'll get another uh, preaching textbook, an ESV scripture journal, all for $25. So you can sign up on our website or you can go to cce24.eventbrite.com to sign up. Dr. Pace, thanks for joining us. Man, thanks for having me. I love you guys and love love this and love the listeners of this and, and who we're trying to serve in this. Listeners, thank you again for joining us for this episode of Pastor Matters. If you found this conversation helpful, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear any feedback you'd be willing to give. As always, it's our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. And I hope that we've done that with today's conversation. And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.